Welcome to the Liberty and Truth Podcast. Here's your host, James D. Brown. Thank you everyone for joining us this evening. We're glad and excited that you could be here with us. We invite you to write to us at libertyintruthpod at gmail.com or tweet us on Twitter at intruthpodcast or follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash lit podcast uh today we're going to be uh venturing off uh, in a different area uh than what we have done thus far uh but it's still uh enlightening our minds to the truth um we're posing the question this evening do we need joe clark some of you may remember the 1989 movie Lean on Me starring Morgan Freeman as Mr. Joe Clark. Uh, he was a school teacher uh, who was enlisted to come to Eastside High and become the principal and resurrect what some considered to be a dead school. Its test scores were the lowest in the state and it had been run over by gang violence and drugs. Now, what Mr. Clark did in efforts to rid his school of this calamity was he gathered all those who were a hindrance to those willing to be educated and barred them from the school. Now, I'm sure there may be some of you out there who find issue with this mythology that being the casting away of those who, although they are menaces to society, they might still be able to turn themselves around and become stand-up citizens. But the question I must impose, are we causing our own demise as a people by ignoring the tragedies that exist in our communities? At some point, we have to take a stand for peace and justice, as Mr. Clark did. Justice has to include those of us who cannot speak for ourselves. We must take a stand not only for ourselves, but for our children and their children, and even more so for the continuance of our rich heritage. As a people, whether society acknowledges or not, we have contributed a great deal to the American culture. And before we go any further, uh, I would like to take this opportunity to add that while it is not my intent to exclude any um, other culture or race from this podcast, I do want to take this time in this particular episode to be able to speak directly to my fellow African Americans. Um, while it is that we enjoy the freedoms and liberty that this country affords us, I think we should also take time to reflect upon ourselves and be sure that we are producing 
uh, greatness. We are reflecting a image uh, that will be seen and respected by any and every man. And even when it is not, we have confidence in our own selves that we are serving this country justice even in the face of injustice. Malcolm X once said, we cannot think of being acceptable to others until we have first proven acceptable to ourselves. Now I'm going to give you a few statistics and you'll have to forgive me uh, because these statistics, excuse me, statistics are a couple years old, uh, but the way in which the FBI collects their data, uh, the numbers may actually be a more true representation of what has happened during the course of the year than if I was to try to give you statistics from uh, last year or even this far this year and I would be willing to assume that if we could find an accurate uh, detailed description of the numbers uh, from last year and this year they would reflect if not the same probably worse than the numbers that I am going to give you in 2014, there were 5,703 murders committed in which the offender is known. Now, this number is reported to the FBI by local law enforcement agencies across the United States and does not include unsolved murders and cold cases. Now the total population in the U.S. for 2014 was about 318.9 million people. Now while the numbers of the homicides during that year only add up to less than 1% of the population, until we get that number down to zero or zero percent, my friends, this is still too many lives that are being lost to senseless violence. Out of the roughly 318.9 million people in America, 77.4 percent or 200 and 46,828,600 U.S. citizens are white. Now, I would like to note that according to the U.S. Census Bureau, this number does include people whose origins include Europe, the Middle East, or North Africa. And this also includes but is not limited to people who on the U.S. Census Bureau 
or while taking the census, chose such ethnicities as German, Italian, Lebanese, Arab, Moroccan, or Caucasian. Now, blacks or African Americans make up 45.7 million of the U.S. populations, which equates to 14.3%. This number includes those who identify as black only and as black in combination with any other race. So now, with these numbers in mind, let's go back to the FBI's statistics to shed further light on the matter. In 2014, of the 5,703 murders, 3,021 of those cases are where the victim is white. And the total number of blacks killed in the very same year was 2,451. Now, while it is that white Americans grossly outnumber blacks in population by roughly five to one, the relation in our deaths by murder is strikingly close. The white percentage being 53% of the total homicides in America and blacks being 43%. Now out of the 5,700 homicides in 2014, 2,675 of the offenders were white. In the same year, 2,651 of the offenders were black. Now, if you haven't noticed yet, I'm pointing to a pattern that is being established. Again, while it is that the ratio from the white population to black population is so far apart, these numbers, if you have noticed, are bringing us much more closer together and being equal in such a tragedy that is where someone takes another one's life. The statistic that shows the percentage of whites killing whites versus black on black murder is not alarming in itself being that in a general sense people are involved with people of their own race whether it be dating or marriage uh, friends or religious gathering it would make sense that you would find 82% of whites that were killed the perpetrator was white also and 90% of the time where a black person was killed, that perpetrator was black also. But what is so tragic and I find to be mind boggling as to how anyone can find rationale in these numbers at all 
is that while blacks only make up 14% of the general population, we make up the aforementioned 43% of the deaths caused by murder. This, my friend, is beyond ridiculous. How is it that we can find this acceptable? Especially when we as a people have so much outside oppression that we have to face. And it is not my intent to make this a racial conversation, but let's face it, it is about race. But it is not my desire, however, to address how it is that I feel that white people in America could aid in uplifting blacks in America but my focus is to what blacks can do to better ourselves. I find that groups like those who are behind the Black Lives Matter are doing good work. And there are many religious leaders also who are on the streets trying to affect change. But is there enough being done by the general public? Or are we still turning a blind eye to the violence? I'm afraid most of us complain about what it is that we see, even talk to our friends and loved ones about it, but we do not make concerted efforts to bring any real significant change to our community. When will we realize that by doing nothing only leads to more pain and suffering. Now, I know we can't physically keep people from doing what people are going to do. But what we can do is start in our own homes, teaching our children to love and to not hate, teaching them the value of their brother or their sister and to uplift them instead of tearing them down, teaching them the values of self-worth. That and much more is still only just the beginning. We have to instill in our youth the discipline of maintaining gainful employment and the gratification that comes along with knowing you are hardworking and proving yourself. Technology has come a long way since my days as a teenager. And there's no need to spend, you know, hours on end sitting in a library. Now you can gain information, you know, at the click of a button or the mere tap of a screen. So it doesn't make sense to me for our young people to have such a lack of knowledge. What we have done, though, is allowed for the advancements of technology to become babysitters rather than being an innovative, innovative way to educate. Sadly, we have corrupted our very own youth to laziness. So now you get this vicious cycle 
of a young man who instead of applying himself in math and science or exploring his creative mind, he falls flat on his heels, becoming unresourceful and unemployable due to the lack of reliability. Or what about the young woman whose compassionate heart would have led her to become a leading physician? Instead, chases after the love that she never received from her father and her compassion causes her to a fault to care for someone who will do nothing but drag her into the gutter, leaving her broken and abused. This cycle most certainly will not be broken until we unite as one and take back our children, take back the streets by driving the filth away and making ourselves accountable to the failures of those who we are raising up. Just as the saying goes, it takes a village to raise a child. So shall it be for us to be able to change the perspective of those who only see from the outside in. We need to become as Joe Clark. That is my answer to this madness in which we live in. How about you?